because we just don't see this talked about in the non-toxic world. You know, it's a it's a shame thing. It's like, oh, well, you know, yeah. everything I've achieved, I've achieved through non-toxic skincare. And that's all well and good. But if you want more, you might have to go do something like this to get more. And, and that's okay if right. you want that. And that's okay if you do that. Right. Or right. And just I feel like calm down and give yourself the permission to live your life however you'd like. Yeah. And there's so many women out there that are doing these things that feel like they can't talk about it because it somehow negates all the other things that they do in their life. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Welcome back to Rebel Heart Radio. We're excited to just be the two of us this week. I'm, I have been missing like our, our normal episodes with our fun banter that probably is only entertaining for us and maybe our moms but <laughs> I don't know Skylar gets a, gets a kick out of it I'm glad I'm glad to be here with you my dear so what's up with Did you I... how was your how was your vacation and oh, time gosh, away um and context for everybody when we're recording this it's about a week out from us getting back from Phoenix and Not subsequently for, for Genevieve me. Vegas um she just got back so yeah I'm freshly tan <laughs> and I'm freshly jealous. <laughs> I didn't get as much time in the sun in Phoenix as I dreamed I might. Um, business. Yeah, you got, you got stuff to do, man. And there's only so yeah. much computer work you can do. Like, <laughs> yeah, plus in the it's hard sun. to see the screen in the sun. It's very hard to see. So, no, I totally agree. Like, it was, it was great. Like, honestly, it was an interesting trip for me because I went from Phoenix straight to meeting up with my husband and kiddos. Um, halfway through their road trip and then we drove down to Vegas first my kids spring break I was just grateful that Lee didn't run into my kids spring break because we had this vacation planned for such a long time and it's like the perfect time for us to get away to sunshine because truth be told my kids do better in the summertime when they're around sun on the regular they just do better and all around um but it was a great vacation and all around we we went and saw a tournament of kings a Excalibur and I nearly choked on fragrance error the entire time I was in casinos <laughs> I was like I knew that I'd be a little sensitive to it but I was genuinely like oh, eh, like the whole time I was I was in casinos I think twice out of the six days that I was there and both times I was like wait what? does anybody else have a problem with this or is it just me no their baseline is different than your baseline yeah of fragrance. yeah I figured that out but I know I it's funny good. I spend so much time at home and then in the company of friends who also don't wear synthetic fragrance in anything that they use you know products or um, you know just perfume itself or, or what have you and so when I do get in those environments I'm like don't they know <laughs> like, 
can't they tell? No. The thing is, they don't no, know. So No, um, And that's coming. We need to have a whole episode on fragrance and the loopholes Ooh. there. And, like, believe if there's one ingredient we could have a... Uh, one ingredient on the label, anyway, that we could have a whole episode about. That would be it. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Considering there's lots of things in there. Yes. But... So. so, I mean, Vegas was great, though, because it was more about getting to the sunshine. Um, interesting story. We went to a state park that's kind of like a new state park down there. Like, there's no amenities down there either. Um, it's just so new. And it's a bunch of fossil beds. And my mom's a geologist. So we went down there and it was her birthday. And we were like, we're just going to go explore because she loves that stuff. And she was telling my kids about how different rocks were formed. And it was very educational and fun. And um, the weather was beautiful, slightly windy, but warm. And we were just so happy to be outside. And the kids were like, we're going to find a fossil. And my mom was like, oh, honey, we could be here all day and not see anything remotely like a fossil. And like right as we're leaving, my husband picks up an unassuming rock and turns it over. And there are four shell fossils on this rock. And we just about died. And it was like, (laughs) what? happy birthday mom like here's some fossils I mean it just it was so serendipitous and it was so cool to show kids like a real fossil that we found in nature like what 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 is that you didn't have to buy it in the gift shop yeah it wasn't contrived it was found and it was unexpected and serendipity really is my favorite word it was absolutely serendipity and uh so I mean we had a great time the funny part about it was is I anticipated how dry it was going to be. I mean, I brought all the moisturizer with us. I brought um, the Minoy body balm. I brought body butter, body lotion. The only thing I didn't bring was the scrub because I was worried about it leaking. Um, and I hand cream. I mean, I brought all the things. And my mom was just like, why are you bringing so many things? And I'm like, because we're going to need it. I brought like Bless Balm from Leilani. I used it on my heels. I used a face balm on my heels because they were cracking so bad. Your dedication to moisturizing your body when we were in Phoenix was... <laughs> really impressive it got even better in vegas because it was drier it felt drier in vegas to me well i didn't even anticipate it in phoenix either and i kept being like hey jen can i use your body butter (laughs) i was like here i got a second one in my purse my regular travel size body lotion is not cutting it (laughs) oh my gosh the body balm saved my mom because she brought all of her normal stuff and she went through it in like like emptied her normal stuff in like two days and the closest stores to us were um, like a Kroger store and she goes just bring me back a body oil any I don't care any body oil the only thing I could get her was coconut oil and you know how I feel about that coconut oil is fine but when you're in like deep need like it's not gonna absorb yeah you need like cracking skin you need something like it's it, it was great for her to wear under socks at night when she was sleeping but she needed something really that would absorb and be protective and things like that. And um, that Manoy body balm, finally on the third day, at the end of the third day, she's like, I don't want to take any of your product. I'm like, take it, take the product. And it really did. It made a massive difference. And she was surprised at how much um, helpful it was. But my kiddos are a different story because we, um, there was a lazy river and a pool and it was an amazing resort we were at and it was off strips. So it was quiet, like it was family friendly. Every time we came back to the resort, we were like, ah, there was no fragrance. <laughs> like it was quiet and there were kitchens. I mean, it was amazing. But the pools there two years ago when we had gone to that same location, Lucy had had a chemical reaction on her legs. And I that was assumed- right after you joined Beauty Counter with me. It was two weeks 
almost exactly two weeks. I hadn't even received my product yet. You were texting me like, what is happening? Yeah. What do I do? What do I do for this? Like NTP friend, please tell me what to do. Yeah. What do I do? And she had had it two years ago. So coming into it, I was like, well, it'll be interesting to see how she does this time. First day she was fine. The second day, um, she started having a reaction on her legs and her arms, but it was just from her elbows to her wrists and then her knees to her ankles, kind of lower extremities. And I was like, huh, what is that all about? And so we tried different methods to keep it. And she like, I couldn't put moisturizer on her. The only thing that seemed to do well, um, on her was an oil based, but it's most likely because there was no alcohol in it or anything that could be irritating. Um, so I was able to put, um, what did I end up putting on her? I think I put, I tried the bless balm. It was a little too harsh on her. Did the baby oil. That was the only thing that she let me, I could put on her. And so the next day I tried new methods. So each day I was trying new methods to try to stave off the chemical reaction. And by the sixth day or fifth day, my kid's skin was chapped. I'm like, my son's face skin was chapped. The back of his calves were chapped. And I, I was like, I'm going to put you guys in a vat of oil. Like, I don't know what else to do for you. We were trying different methods to keep them moisturized from the inside, too. And it was just, it was really bad. Like, they're still kind of recovering from it. And we got home on Sunday, and it's Thursday. And they're still, like, I'm still moisturizing their face. My kids are using my facial oil. I mean, it's (laughs) been over a week, right? A week and a half since I was back from Phoenix. And I feel like Mm -hmm. my skin is finally back to normal. Um, for the most part as far as like my face and rehydrating and my skin right like my body doesn't feel itchy I was like itchy the whole time we're in Phoenix because my skin was so dry and it didn't matter what I put on it and then Mm -hmm. I go in the pool and I'm like oh screw that up it's worse well I I ended up going to their pool guy and I went to a a lifeguard and just said hey can you tell me a little bit about what chemicals you're using in the pool because she doesn't have reactions anywhere else we go it's just been at that pool in Vegas twice now two different times and I explained the situation to him and I said I just want to know if there's something she's sensitive to so I can avoid it or you know just be informed and he said yeah absolutely went to their pool technician brought back and it was literally just chlorine like they didn't have a mixture of other things in it and the lifeguard one brought it back to me he goes honestly it's probably the sunscreen that washed off people's body in the pool. And I went, oh my gosh, you're so right. Because they, you, when you look at the pool, especially the Lazy River, it was kind of murky. And he said at the entry points where the stairs are, there's little eddies there because of the water flow. Oh. And he's like, I have to come in and squeegee off the steps because it becomes slippery from all the product that comes off of people's bodies. And I just about died. I was like, for all the things that I'm trying to do <laughs> to keep them protected, and I can't even let them go in this pool without worrying about what they're getting exposed to. But I was on freaking vacation. I'm like, and they all they wanted to do was be in that lazy river. And they were so excited. They're finally old enough to kind of be in there um by themselves even so I could just hang out on the side and keep eyes on them and it was like okay we're just gonna make this work as best as we can but watching them have chemical reactions pretty much every day just put me in a state of like this is not okay that, yeah that makes me wonder about like what happens when chlorine is mixed with sunscreen whether it's a physical block or a chemical block sunscreen. well I've been doing a lot of reading on um avobenzone yeah, I'm saying that right. Avobenzone and what it does in the sun, and it actually changes its structure under sun rays. 
and it's not avobenzone anymore but i don't know enough about that to be educated on it but it makes me wonder and they know that that new structure is highly irritating to the skin oh and it's like one of the most common just put this stuff on your skin and then um go in the sun because that's what you're supposed to do because it's called sunscreen and then (laughs) it's gonna change into something completely different and actually probably not help you um, yeah, I mean, and these are you. all scientific studies that I've been reading. I've been talking to some pretty smart people that have access to studies and been showing me things because I want to know. I want to know, like, okay, why is why is it that in a highly diluted situation that my kiddos are still having reactions to these things? Well, I mean, that probably has something to do with it. And um, so it's been put, putting me in a place of thinking a lot about why I care about what we put on our skin. I just have these moments all the time where I'm reinvigorated. I mean, especially coming off of lead where we were talking about a lot of our advocacy efforts and things that are happening in the industry of safer products. And then watching my kids really struggle with that. It was like, okay, this is why I'm doing this. Yes. This is why. This is exactly why. Oh my goodness. If you guys aren't familiar with avabenzone, make sure you go check out our episode number five on sunscreen and sunblock and vitamin D and sun exposure and all that kind of stuff. It was a really good episode to get schooled on that um, and have a better understanding. So, yeah. But I want to hear about you. I've been MIA since lead. Like yeah, only- I mean, <laughs> here, uh, when I open my mouth, this is how you hear about me. I <laughs> You sound had, way better than you did earlier, though. Oh, my gosh. I mean, while so basically, I got hit with a pretty bad um, flu, cold bug, whatever you want to call it, um, before I left for Phoenix for this beauty counter training. Great timing. Terrible timing, right? Yeah, awful. <laughs> and I did everything everything I did everything yeah, did. I could before I left because I knew she, like canceled stuff and well because I, like, I knew like everything would be off the table once I got into Phoenix like it's very I'm just someone who has a hard time keeping a routine when I'm traveling I just like do what works in the moment and yeah. you know me I'm not gonna miss out on anything so yeah I'm going to the dinners and you weren't I'm going, dying so you're going, going to there. the <laughs> going to the dance party I'm I yes. rallied which you know of course when you're hard. sick you know, let's all take our own advice and rest when we're sick. No. Um, so (laughs) basically what happened was I rallied while we were in Phoenix, did all the fun things that I knew I would be bummed out. Um, and it wasn't even like a fear of missing out because I usually don't have that. It was just the choice I wanted to make and I made it and I suffered. You're making an informed decision (laughs) and I suffered. You were doing so (laughs) we were in Phoenix for, I was there for five days or almost six days and came back and I got worse when I got back. So yeah, my body was like, okay, now you're allowed to slow down. So we're going to put it all on you. So I know, I, we shared a room together, guys. <clears throat> so I can tell you this girl was like rallying hardcore and she'd get back to the room and be like, oh my gosh. Just like dead, like a puddle. Oh, I was a puddle. the coughing and the dry air did not help. No, like, oh the dry air was so, you think everything like the sun and everything would just make it all go away. No, it did not. It did not. And I think it was really hard also to be in like the air conditioned uh, hotel rooms and the conference center too and to go in and out of that and the dryer outside so it was all dry all the time and I did I did what I could with what I had but I definitely you know wasn't like laying in bed and watching movies and sipping tea with honey I was we definitely went to Whole Foods ahead of time though that was probably yes. yeah and I brought my supplement arsenal and everything but none of it none of it 
could hold a candle to anything that my body was going through. So anyways, yeah. I'm still, I mean, we've been back for a week and a half and I still am dealing with this ridiculous like upper respiratory infection that just will not go away. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to rest, but it turns out a lot of the things that I've had to do in the last week and a half involve a lot of talking. Weird. <laughs> I tell you, I was so grateful last week that we weren't recording because I was just oh, not. It would not happen. Oh my gosh. And you wouldn't be able to hear me. And the yeah. best part was the week before we left for Phoenix, you had no I voice guess. and I, I recorded so. with Miss Sarah on our own. Um, yeah. whose episode uh, launched last week on the podcast so anyways I think I was like I can't talk without coughing but I, I got over mine a lot faster which is like wait yeah that's not my you had normal. more time to recover before leave yes so yes I did there's that, that was also- like don't you do this body you weren't sick yet either and I was just like I started my dot and I got sick all within like 24 hours d- together and I was just like this better be gone like you like i got stuff to do like <laughs> like yelling at your own body yes oh body. i love it thank so, you for working well but come on yeah so that was actually really hard for me because i learned so much while we were there and just mm-hmm. got so fired up and even more you know if you guys think i'm committed to the work that we're doing beauty counter like try to like a one million times it and that's where i'm at at this point <laughs> um you know every time we go to an, a, a beauty counter event that's hosted by headquarters and we get to learn more about you know the effort that we're going to make in the upcoming year for uh, greater efforts in sustainability and advocacy and you know just continuing to step further into this concept of being a voice for the voiceless and really representing people who don't buy beauty counter at all um, but who also deserve safe products on the shelves and and the work that's actually being done um, you know on this kind of grassroots level but then also the fact that we actually are making a difference on a bigger scale which is so freaking cool yeah. um so uh, that was just absolutely wonderful to get that. And then I also learned so much about how bad I am at systems, which I already <laughs> knew, but it was like this extra realization. So I actually spent a little bit of time while we were at the conference in my downtime while I was working, quote unquote, downtime. Uh, I was like, what? Getting getting some more systems in place for my business. So I learned a lot Mm -hmm. about that. And that's just a huge weakness for me in general, because I'm like a gut decision, get it done, figure it out. If I'm procrastinating, everything will still turn out fine because I'll just like figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, you get to the point where you have scale in your business and you just have to get back to like, how do we keep this manageable um, and create systems is how you do that. So it was really difficult to get back from lead and be so inspired and excited about everything that's to come and you know all of these systems that I'm that I'm excited about implementing I'm starting to implement my business get back and be exhausted and not be able to just jump in head first I feel like so many of these conferences that I go to I feel like I have a deep recovery period afterwards like mm-hmm. both for social and for you know just like the everything that I'm trying to take in in my brain and physical exhaustion and, and everything travel. travel yeah but I came back like lit up like I felt like I didn't need to rest except that my body was like um <laughs> excuse me your body was like uh, you're uh being rude so we're gonna be rude right back so <laughs> I actually did a really good job of really relaxing chilling the f out and uh, I worked so proud of you. I, I still worked but I worked from bed and I didn't get ready for the day I just hung out my sweats and drank all the tea and just relaxed so I did I did my best to do that when I got back and I'm feeling better but I sound 
not great still so I know you sound you sound worse than you feel Uh, yeah I mean that's kind of been the truth the whole time which Mm. I mean I still means I feel terrible but I'm going too hard so Mm -hmm. anyways yeah so I'm glad you're like at least on the upswing though yes yeah I am hopefully done here soon but for a lot of um, friends and family I've actually talked to they're like, yep, I had the exact same thing. And um, the upper respiratory piece lasts like a month. I'm like, great. Like, awesome. Don't worry. Thanks. I don't do anything that involves talking for a living at all. That gets recorded and lives forever. Oh, wait. <laughs> I do everything. So, but you oh, just press gosh. on, you figure it out. All right, girl. Well, let's jump into the meat of our episode. Too. So today we're going to jump back into some follow-up questions that you lovely people had for Miss Genevieve. So after, many. So many questions. After we did our skincare slash skin treatments Q&A episode, I think it was episode 42, about like laser treatments and lip fillers and Botox and all sorts of injectables, it was um, very well received in our um, non-toxic community, which I think is great. I love that. I yes. think it's great because... I think there's a lot to be said a bit again about this whole 80-20 thing. We're all just trying to, and if, if you want to go get fillers, injectables, Botox, whatever it is, I'd rather everybody be super informed about it. And it really brought up some really beautiful feedback that you got that just said, Hey, thank you so much for talking about this because we just don't see this talked about in the non-toxic world. You know, it's a, it's a shame thing. It's like, Oh, well, you know, everything I've achieved, I've achieved through non-toxic skincare and that's all well and good. But if you want more, you might have to go do something like this to get more. And and that's okay if you want that. And that's okay if you do that. Right. Right. And I feel like calm down and give yourself the permission to live your life however you'd like. Yeah, and there's so many women out there that are doing these things that feel like they can't talk about it because it somehow negates all the other things that they do in their life to mm-hmm. be a good example or to lead the charge or all these things. And I'm like, no, like this has been a really great thing for me personally because I've never really had the opinion that I couldn't have both. But being in a space where I'm doing a lot of education, it kind of freaks me out a little bit because I didn't know how it was going to be received. There's definitely a lot of people that feel very firmly that injections are just not the way to go. But there's many, 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 many women that are like, well, I have questions. Like, I want to know more about, well, what does this mean? What does that mean? You know, how does the implications of an injection mean for my health? And, you know, and they want to ask me questions, but if I don't put it out there in the world, then they're they're never going to come to me and be like hey what do you think about injections because they'll automatically assume that I either won't have an answer for them or I'm just like no those are terrible for you so they're not going to get their questions answered and I'm like okay there has to be a happy medium where people don't feel that shame and fear around this and it was wonderful to see that open up Really, truly, it was wonderful to see people be like, thank you so much for talking about this because I've always wanted to do it, but I felt like I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't even talk about it with my friends. Man, before I got into clean, non-toxic skincare and makeup, it was the same thing. When I was in the med spa world, so many women would come in and they would be like, it's, you know, I, I would never tell my husband. I would never tell my friends. 
And I'm just like, why does there got to be so much shame and fear around it? I mean, sometimes there's even the person with that really strong opinion has that really strong opinion because they don't know all the answers. They don't know what Botox is. They don't know what the injection is or they think they know, but there's so much they're missing. And I'm like, they're just I, I love the open conversation that's been happening from this. So the questions are coming in have just been fantastic. Yeah, it's been fun to see. So let's jump into some of those questions. So the first one I want to ask about, and this is definitely something that I, um, I'm glad we're talking about and that I probably need to go through this thought process for myself too. But, um, one of our listeners asked, I'm curious about your thought process around making the decision to do Botox, especially thinking of non-toxic living and how that may not exactly align with Botox. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you reconcile that for yourself? Oh, I really wanted this question to come up somewhere because I really did want to talk about this. I think it's really important to that 80-20 concept, 80% clean living, something that's you're exposed to every single day for the rest of your life or something that's habitual for you is very different than something that you're exposed to for short periods of time. And so for me, it came down to what is the substance? What is it? And because they're all slightly different from each other. How is it interacting with my body? And how is my body doing? <laughs> Can my body handle something like this? Am I in a place where I'm not going to be sensitive to things that are coming into my body in any way, shape, or form? I mean, that's food, injections, environment. I mean, that can be more than just injections. You kind of have to look at what's happening around you and in you with the, that kind of lens. So for the reconciliation between Botox and non-toxic living, it came down to, well, what is Botox? Well, for, for Botox, it is when you look at Botox in a vial, it is literally like an inch. The vial is about an inch big and it is teeny, teeny, tiny. And that will go, that is like, I think a hundred units in one bottle. I got eight units done in my forehead and then I think I had 15 done in between my brow. So what is that? 23. I have about 23 units in total. And then it gets diluted. I can't remember the percentage and the draw from it, but it gets diluted in with saline and then injected into the most like superficial part of your skin or of your um, into your muscle. It's literally the teeniest, tiniest amount. And when you see the injection, you see a small swelling site, and but you can see how much it is. And then it disperses over your muscle and starts to work on your muscle. So for me, it was knowing that and knowing that it is such a small amount compared to how much foundation I put on my face, how much I spray things in my hair, uh, how much I put on my lips and probably eat it. Uh, it, it just What's turned into frequency too, right? Yes. Frequency was also part of it. And for me, I don't get Botox done that often. Like you can get it done every three to four months, sometimes two, if your muscle's really strong and you really need that muscle to chill out for a little bit. We'll get into that a little bit later. But if you find yourself having chronic exposure with something, then you probably need to look at it with a deeper lens of like, is this safe for me? But my goal is to be able to use Botox and probably only do it maybe once a year. And it's been 10 years since I've had Botox done. It's so weird to say that, but it's been 10 years since I've had Botox done. So my muscle has 100% recovered from any um, atrophy that it's been from the original time that I first started doing Botox in my early twenties. And and so I'm going to need a little more often injections. And I taught had to tell myself, is my body ready for that? 
How is my digestion doing? How's my sleep? How is my ability to cope with stress? Like all these things, like how's my body doing? And my body's in a pretty great place right now, knock on wood. Like I'm trying really hard to like keep on my body process as well. So I feel like I could try Botox again, which I did for the first time a few months ago in 10 years. And it's gone well. I haven't seen any differences in my body. And so personally, that's how I reconcile it is very bio-individual per person. Is this going to work for me? You know, if somebody's in an autoimmune flare, I'd be like, it's probably time to hold off. Let's put you in a place where your body's going to be successful in the long run. You know, or if you are trying to, um, you want to conceive, that might be a time to hold off because you just don't know. And that unknown is very Mm bio-individual. So that's really my big opinion on reconciliation around not toxic living in Botox. Yeah. And I think, I think Botox sounds scarier than it is. It's a botulinum toxin, right? Mm -hmm. And it essentially like paralyzes some of your facial muscles temporarily, right? Very temporarily. Right. For for several months or something like that. Yeah. It turns off the ability to receive electrical impulse. So your muscles need the electrical impulse to to flex, right? And to mm-hmm. contract. And so if it doesn't get that electrical signal is is not going to contract. It's not going to do it. But it's very temporary and your body metabolizes it just like it does with viruses, just like it does with any invaders in the body um in not large amounts. That's really what it comes down to is how large of an exposure we're getting here. And I think the thing when I first started doing Botox, I think it was 22 22 yeah when I first had my first injection and I was asking a lot of questions of like where did it come from how is it used and I just had a lot of questions about it but um the thing that really helped me understand that there is a a reason to do it at really really large amounts and that's when you probably need to ask yourself is this right I mean hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of units are injected into pediatric spinal patients to be able to allow their spine to, to heal from surgery and they do that so that way they don't have to be in a full body cast and it's temporary and if if it's been determined that it's safe for a pediatric spinal patient for hundreds and hundreds I'm talking like up to a thousand units to relax those muscles I think 23 units is going to be okay in my forehead yeah little little tiny bits and it seems like any of the ill effects are pretty dang um short-lived like you could get a headache you could have an allergic reaction you could have itching or rash or things like that but long term that could just be from the saline like (laughs) yeah yeah but long term those things kind of dissipate and you're you're okay so yeah yeah and that's actually been something that's been really good to tell people that are fearful or scared Mm -hmm. over Botox over like I don't know what the injection process is going to be like and like what's it going to feel like and it's like well the good news is is it's temporary this is not cosmetic surgery this is not irreversible this is not um it's a very quick process so you'll know right away if you're like I'm not doing that again and then just you will not do it again and with a few months it'll be like it never happened again Actually, even probably six weeks later, your first injection, it, it metabolizes really quickly. So you need an injection you a little back sooner. sooner after your first one. So yeah. what's the injection process look like? So the, it depends on what kind of injection you're having done. So if you're having Botox done, which is the botulinum toxin, toxin in that one, you don't need numbing cream. Um, the inside, the site will be cleaned with alcohol wipes. I find that to be more frustrating for my skin than anything else. Like I need to like put moisturizer on right away afterwards because I have really dry skin anyway. So the site will be cleaned with alcohol. 
your injector should this is actually really important to see the safety and the um the training behind your practitioner that is injecting you they should have the vial and they're trained this way the vial should be opened right in front of you so you know you're getting botox and it's Mm. not some like junky like off black market stuff they should be opening the box that's sealed right in front of you they should be mixing the saline right there in front of you with the syringe and it should be all right in front of you they shouldn't go to the back and come back with some magical syringe you know you you should be able to have the option to see everything that's being done and they will take they will draw um however many units they need for um to get the results that you're looking for because you'll have a small consultation right before where they'll ask you what you're looking for and they'll evaluate your ability to flex and contract those muscles so your practitioner should know i know <laughs> we're over here like raising, raising my eyebrows. eyebrows i can still raise my eyebrows a little bit <laughs> not as much as me definitely not but i don't <laughs> have wrinkles in the middle right now <laughs> uh, i got plenty boo Oh man, the and then the saline will be, um, and then they'll mix the saline with it, and then the injections will begin right away, and they literally feel like nothing like getting your blood drawn, nothing like getting um, shots in general. It is a very tiny needle. In fact, I think it's the smallest needle that they can get on the market, and um, they inject in however many sites, depending on your concerns, and um, you'll have little tiny little bee stings for about half an hour ish. And, and it should be gone pretty quickly. A lot of people will go get Botox done on their lunch break. And by the time they go back from lunch, nobody can tell because it's the swelling's gone. The redness is gone. It's just teeny, teeny, tiny. However, if you are getting injections, that's a little more involved, like a, like a filler injection. That's a little more involved. So uh, typically, especially like for lips, because there's a lot of nerve endings in that area, you will have, you will be offered a numbing cream. Now you can choose not to do numbing cream but I highly recommend it for your lips because your lips have all these nerve endings. I mean, that's why kissing is fun. It's like, that's why when our (laughs) lips get injured, it swells like crazy. It's like the same places that are a lot of fun on the body also have the potential to cause a lot of pain. Right. Weird. (laughs) So, but there are options within your numbing cream. So for instance, my experience recently in the last few months, um, the first time I had it done, they used a new numbing cream on me that they had just started using because it was faster. It was more effective faster. So they were able to because um, a lot of times numbing cream can take like 20 minutes. So they've got somebody sitting in that room taking up that space for 20 minutes when it could be half that time. So they were trying a new numbing cream and um, there's more alcohol in it, which makes it more effective faster. And my lips peeled so bad afterwards. They peeled twice, like heavy layers of peeling. I was worried my lips were going to start bleeding, not from the injections, but from the numbing cream. And so the second time I came in, I told them about it and they said, oh, we're going to back you up to our previous uh, our previous formula to see how you do because I told them I'm like honestly if it peels again I think I'm out like I can't like that was not cool <laughs> and so we went to the other numbing cream and I didn't have any peeling whatsoever wow. so numbing cream can be the make or break situation for your comfort post-treatment so make sure you talk to your practitioner about what numbing cream they they're using um, ask them if they have any um recommendations for products to use afterwards um hopefully they are not petroleum based but you know my thoughts on that and there are and also the way you wash your face afterwards because i brought my own stuff the second time and washed my face instead of use the stuff i had in office so you just don't know how your skin's going to react so if you need to bring your own facial stuff to clean off your face then so be it and bring your own moisturizer it's worth it to not get that peeling effect that 
you're going to be going through. Yeah. If you um, care about non-toxic, just get used to doing that all the time. Yeah, bringing your own product. Yeah, I bring my own products when I get a pedicure or manicure or whatever. Right? And they're always like, we have non-toxic. And I'm like, no, no. you don't actually. Thanks though. <laughs> I don't even feel like getting into that conversation. I came here to relax. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't want to talk. Thanks. But after you've gone through the numbing process that usually like a technician will come in and do it. Um, whether it's like a medical assistant or an esthetician, they'll come in and do it. And then your practitioner will come in. They'll talk to you. That's when you can show them pictures of things that you don't want, things you do want and ask what's realistic for it. Please ask that. What is realistic for your own face mm. for filler? Because they can't, and sometimes it takes multiple visits to get to your goal and you need to be realistic about how much it's going to cost and things like that. Um, and so they'll come in and wipe off the numbing cream and uh, we'll they'll do the same thing. They'll have the box of the filler. So like I had Juvederm done. Juvederm XC, I believe, which is the more it's more dense. It's got a more dense a formula in it than Juvederm by itself, which I needed for my lips because otherwise it would go way too fast. But they should bring the box in, take the seal off, and you should see them pull it out. And it comes in a syringe already. So they don't need to draw it or anything like they did with Botox. And then um, when they go in, it takes about, it took about 20 minutes to a half hour for my lips. And I didn't get super swollen right away, but I I would recommend icing immediately after. Like they'll ask if you want an ice pack, take the ice pack. You can't feel it right now, <laughs> but you're going to be swollen. So... And it takes some time for the swelling to go away. It takes five to 10 days for the swelling to really go away, especially for your first visit. So how Um, long do you get to enjoy the benefits if you're dealing with 10 days of swelling? Right. So 10 days of swelling, for me, it kind of depends on what matters to you. Like I still liked how my lips looked, but I also knew it was temporary for that five to 10 day period. So I played it up and I wore all the like colors I wanted to wear and my lips were like um juicy and plumpy and I knew that was just kind of fun and temporary because I wasn't going for the juicy plumpy look I was going for I just want my lips to not look so wrinkled and I want them to have better anti-aging longevity to them so that was my goals um but your first time you get injected, your results will go away very quickly because your body will metabolize it very quickly. And there's not a lot of structure there to like basically when you get an injection done, your body will build more collagen around it to support the structure. And so the first time your body's making that collagen, it's building that structure to support it. And in about two weeks, you need a touch up if you otherwise it'll go. I probably had about 10 to 15 percent left after two weeks and then I went in and knew this was going to happen and was like came in for my touch-up appointment and usually they'll talk to you about a touch-up appointment um if not ask them and um I had another half a syringe put in I did a full syringe the first time had another half syringe put in the second time two weeks later and then I won't touch them again for another year if I want the same results so I probably could go in at like six seven months six seven eight months somewhere in there but um I'm not changing the structure of my lips as much so I can go once a year and have it done sort of a thing so not very frequent at all (laughs) no fillers don't need that much there's a lot of fillers out there that are meant for like bone like around the cheek Mm. they're meant to have a longer longevity to them I haven't looked into some of them are calcium based some of them have different there's a lot of different ones out there that have a longer longevity they're like five six seven eight years like a really long time and they're meant to be like harder 
they should never be injected under eyes or in lips in any place that's like very um, pliable and squishy. But anything that's bone structure, jaw, cheek, um, that sort of a thing can handle something like that. But I would look into those a little bit more before I would consider those. I would make sure that the substance is a right choice for you. But as far as Juvederm goes, Juvederm is hyaluronic acid. So it's something that's already made in our body and it's nothing else. There's it. That's it. <laughs> Just pure hyaluronic acid. Mm-hmm. So Which, what else do they use Juvederm for other than like a lip filler? Oh, they can fill it in under their eye. This one's a really interesting one for me because you have to make sure you have a practitioner who does it a lot because it's a very delicate area under the eye. But sometimes some like I actually loved watching these treatments because somebody would come in looking so tired because that deep well that happens under the eye and it almost looks like purple and puffy and they would leave looking seriously 10 years younger it was the most amazing thing to be in the room for and watch because there's very little swelling surprisingly there's some swelling but it's very little compared to the lips and um they they, that purple shade goes it's gone like it's crazy town it's like putting that distance between the vascular parts of our skin Mm. and um, putting a little more shape into the epidermis and giving that space takes the color away so it's not like the it's not there's nothing happening to any of the vascular parts of our skin there it's just putting that distance far away and also filling in that trough that happens creates less light reflection in that area so you don't have shadows I mean it's just that's an amazing service um some of the other things I've seen people do with Juvederm those are really the main ones, but the the lines from your nose down past your, they're called the labial folds, um, that space right between your cheek. Yeah, your cheek, she's giving me the kissy lips. But between your cheek and your lip, right from your nose, there's that line that happens when you smile. That can get really deep over time. That's a great place to do anti-aging efforts. That's a great place to do that because that will, um, there will, like at the very bottom of that near the jawline, that's where like the jowls come in. And if you can keep that area healthy and the collagen levels up and keep and fill it in every now and then, then you will see less jowling at the jawline. You'll have a more youthful look right around the nasal labial folds. Um, it's a beautiful pairing with lip fillers as well. Hmm. Very interesting. So yeah. and Botox can be used all over the face too, right? Not just like the, in your forehead. The only place it should be done is in between the brows forehead and crow's feet some people are getting it done just at the tip of the lip because it actually will give the lip it'll relax the muscles and it'll give it a lift Mm. it'll curl the lip up so as we age our upper lips actually roll in (laughs) and my lip was starting to do that part of the reason why I got filler done I don't need help with the lip flip because I got a big one but (laughs) like I got a big old shelf there but there's many people that need that little lift there. Um, and it's like two, three, four units. Like it's a very small amount. Mm. Um, and you shouldn't do too much because then otherwise you, it's difficult to put your lips around a straw. Because then you can't make that like ooh face, you know. Oh my gosh. So that's the that's the places. And Botox should be done nowhere else. Some people will have it done um, therapeutically in their jaw to um, mitigate things like TMJ. Mm. And... Um, headaches actually can be stemming from that muscle right there so well, when botox talk is about, a migraine treatment yes exactly and it's because they inject it into the masseter muscle here it's really interesting actually we did a lot of botox you can also have botox done in your armpits for excessive sweating and 
that was a really interesting one for me to watch because it's very expensive. It's about a hundred units. So I was going to say it's got, probably going to take a lot of units. It's a lot of units. It's very painstaking treatment because you have to inject around each follicle to be able to affect. Yeah, think about that for a second. To be able to affect the sweat glands. Dang. Is what you're doing, trying to do. Is trying to stop that muscle from pumping, pumping the sweat gland because that's how we sweat, right? And the one time I got to assist that treatment done, it was very eye-opening for me. It was a young woman that had come in and she's a teacher and she was diabetic. Like she carried a pump with her at all times and she um, was very self-conscious of her armpits because she would she would sweat from her elbow down to her hip like oh my gosh and that's that's what I mean by excessive sweating I'm not talking about oh I sweat a lot in the gym or I'm uncomfortable when it's hot outside yeah this girl year round would drench her clothing wouldn't wear anything but black and her dad had bought her this treatment she was like 22 she was close to my age at the time and she had her dad had bought it for her for Christmas it was like a $1,200 $1,500 treatment and um, it'll last six months. Wow. And it was like, and she bawled her eyes out when she came in and was just like, I can't, I'm so thankful to have this done. I'm so excited to wear color. And I was like, oh my gosh. It was, it was truly a moment where I looked at Botox very differently because it can be life-changing for people in a very real way. And because she was a teacher, she's like, my students will talk about it. And I know they're talking about it and they'll make fun of me for it. And she's like, and I know I'm a big girl. I understand their, you know, immature minds that they're trying to work on their self-development as they're growing. And she's like, but it still hurts. And I was like, you're going to be able to walk into your job with so much more confidence. And we, and she wrote us this beautiful thank you letter because she had such great results. And it's just like, so Botox can be so much more than just aesthetic. It can be very, it can be therapeutic, you know? I love that. Well, and I think there's a lot to be said about the aesthetic piece of it too. Like, it's okay. However you want to alter your appearance to make yourself feel good, whether that's just wearing makeup every day or putting on freaking brow gel, which is my jam, by the way, um, or, you know, or getting a, a treatment like this done in a med spa, like that's your decision. And if it helps you feel more comfortable and confident, um, of course, you're beautiful and amazing exactly how you are. But you get to make that decision of any alteration and no one gets to tell you whether it was worthwhile or makes sense to them. Your shit does not need to make sense to anybody else but you. but you. Period. 100%. And so many, I think that's the other reason why this conversation is important to me is that being able to, this were the conversations I would have in the med spa with women coming in and having treatments done. And I'm like, you get to decide how this goes down. Yes. You get to decide how you feel and nobody can make you. I mean, I had, I had women coming in and crying over because they were in the middle of a treatment series and crying over something that somebody said to her over getting treatment (laughs) done. And I'm just like, girl, this is your game. This is your life. You get to choose. Yes. How, how you interact with the world. You get to choose how people interact with you. You can't make them do anything, but you get to step away from that if that's not working for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and so it, this is feels like an old conversation for me, but needs to be talked about more on social media and in podcast world. So <laughs> 100%. Yes. I love that. Well, I think we have time for one more quick question. And I have this question too. Uh, basically the, the, our listener asked like, what does filler and Botox do over time? Like how does it, 
How does it wear off? Is it uneven? Does it cause other issues? Like, what does this actually look like when you go get your Botox injection or, or whatever? And you let that time pass before you go in again. What does it look like as it goes away? This is a good question because I think everyone's scared about that. They're like, what is, what's actually going to happen after? <laughs> so with Botox, it's very gradual and it's very, um, you don't even notice. It's just all of a sudden, four to six months later, you're like, oh, I have you a just, lot more movement there. You just aged 10 years in six months. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's kind of how it is. It's very gradual. Um, nobody around you notices the difference, but you, you know, like, but you notice because you're like, oh, that's different. Or my makeup's applying differently because I have more texture there than I did before. And you will be amazed how Botox will change the look and appearance of skin like I have super dry forehead but when I have Botox done it looks more moisturized and I think it's truly because there's not as much movement going on when I'm when I have Botox done and I like the way my forehead looks better and I have a giant forehead so it kind of makes sense for me yeah if you see but, someone who's got like this amazing forehead with no lines that just like popping and they definitely got Botox done like that and you're like your forehead looks good like and you know what like there were definitely women who had had Botox done at the leadership conference with beauty counter oh yeah and I think it's so important you know being again in this non-toxic space that we we look at decisions as as decisions they just exist they are they're our own and whatever we're doing with our body is our choice and that includes getting injections and fillers. And I think it's good to be honest about those things. So no one has unrealistic expectations for, you know, if you're selling skincare or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. How important it is to be transparent about that because you don't want them to think, oh, you're going to get the same results from this. Um, but, you know, that those those regimens are important in between, you know, all of those appointments, of course. But I think it's good to be real. But also, you know, you got to you got to just do it you want to do so anyways oh yeah i'm really glad we got more questions about this and i'm glad it's opened up this really neat and organic conversation about it um jen's got more questions to go through so we're gonna revisit this topic again in the near future uh but thank you so much genevieve for sharing your expertise with us for being super real and honest about it and just creating a space where people even more so feel like they can be comfortable in making these decisions and really be themselves hope so i have i have a vague need to say namaste namaste you're welcome peace be with you yes goodness thanks for joining us today on this episode of rebel heart radio you can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com or you can hop on our instagram you can ask us anything we love to get to know you guys don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on itunes and we'll catch you guys on the next episode